think the only reason that any people kind of make the idea that a lot of injuries come from CrossFit are people that don't do CrossFit or have never tried CrossFit and they just have this preconceived idea maybe they've watched a YouTube video of the CrossFit games or something and these guys are just going hard and smashing themselves into a wall and you know like that's like the one percent CrossFit like that's not that's CrossFit as a sport not CrossFit as a methodology they're two very 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 different things welcome back that was Braden Green, a CrossFit coach here in New Zealand, and I'm your host, Jackson Burden. This is the Vegan Body Coach Podcast. For new listeners, this is a place we come together and chat about all things fitness, all things nutrition, all things lifestyle, specifically related to those that are vegan, plant curious, or reducitarians, anybody that is reducing animal products in their diet. This is a place for you to come and get evidence-based information around training and nutrition, uh, around you know lifestyle hacks, any of that kind of good stuff that is here to enhance how we live and tread on this planet. So today's, today's episode is uh, with Braden Green, a, a fellow coach here in New Zealand from Blenheim. Uh, and I wanted to get him on because we have yet to cover CrossFit on this podcast and CrossFit is one of those things that um, it seems to be one of those level hate things right you've got the whole um, CrossFit cult as many people would call it people who absolutely die hard for CrossFit love CrossFit and then there's those that just don't understand it and those are generally the people that hate it <laughs> so if you've ever done CrossFit before you'll know that it is an incredibly fun time it's high energy it's very taxing it's very difficult there's a lot of complexity um, but they do one thing really really well which is build community and bring people together and also getting people to touch a barbell right how many people are going into CrossFit, never touching a weight before, and then before they know it, they're throwing barbells around. That is a great thing in my mind. So this episode is kind of discussing Brayden's story. He started off as a bodybuilder, um, transitioned to veganism at an early age. He's got a great little story there, but I did want to cover CrossFit as a whole. And for those that are a little skeptical about CrossFit, maybe they don't understand it, there is a fair bit of misinformation and unfortunately a fair bit of stigma around CrossFit in terms of uh, how much injuries it creates and who it's for and who it's not for. So I hope that if you are either interested in CrossFit, you love CrossFit, or you completely hate CrossFit, this is a great place for you to come and hear a point of view um, that if you approach with an open mind, I think will leave you in a better place uh, than when you started. So with all that being said, let's just get straight into this one with Brandon Green all around his story to veganism, to lifting, and becoming a high-level CrossFit athlete. You are listening to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast, all about optimizing your strength, fitness, and physique through a plant-focused diet. My name is Jackson Burton, and I'm a nutrition and training coach for vegans, the plant-centric, and plant-curious. I'm sitting down with athletes, experts, and influencers around the world to inspire you to create your best vegan body yet. Alrighty, and we're away. So... Braden, do you want to just give the listeners to, to kick this thing off just a little bit of a background of like who you are, what you do, and what you're all about, um, and what, what your passions are, and that way we can have a bit of an overview of, of who you are as a person, then we'll get stuck into some questions, though. 
Yeah, man, definitely. Well, as you said, um, I'm Braden, currently CrossFit coach um, at Boombox Blenheim here in Blenheim. And that's basically the passion, man, really just coaching people and helping them just become better, stronger, like mentally and physically as well. For me, just um, like to compete in the CrossFit scene as well. Um, I do dabble in a bit of Olympic weightlifting as well. Um, so, yeah, we qualified for that this year also for nationals. So, awesome. yeah, it's kind of the current little um, stuff that's going on this year. So that's that's uh, Olympic lifting nationals here in New Zealand this year. Yes, yeah. Awesome, man. Is that something you've been sort of digging into a lot more recently, or have you always dabbled in the Olympics? Probably stuff? only in the last couple of years. Probably I've is probably where I've been mainly putting a big focus on it because of the one year that I kind of qualified for nationals. So that was in two thousand nineteen now. So and I was going to do it last year, but then kind of an injury kind of plagued me um yeah it was kind of something i wanted to try and keep pursuing because i unexpectedly kind of came third in my weight class category which i thought i was just going to go up for a participation award yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) obviously you've got you've got a bit of the goods there for the olympic lifting side of things which is which is definitely i mean i think i don't know you probably have more idea than me on this but i think it's potentially more rare than um, then people think as to like what you need to be a really good Olympic lifter. Yeah, well, it was something kind of, I guess, for me, it's something I got a bit nerdy with because when I kind of got into the CrossFit scene, it was still kind of semi-new to um, the gyms and the way of teaching it and the ability to teach it at. So I kind of, I guess, took it upon myself to sort of learn more about it and all the technique and the programming side of things and kind of, I guess I've made myself my own guinea pig um, yeah. and just learning and like went through a whole bunch of fails and stuff. So I think that's why I just love coaching it so much as well. Um, and it's really nice to be able to take that into the CrossFit gym as well to help these guys move really, really well with the barbell because it's a big focus these days in the CrossFit scene with the Olympic lifts. And so they're not really yeah, going to go anywhere. So it's something I definitely love to delve into quite deeply so I can kind of geek out on it a bit too much with some members, but it's um, it's fun. Yeah. Do you think the Olympic lifting side of things has like become more of a focus within CrossFit over the last few years, or is it, or was it always there as a focus, like when you got into it? It was always there, I guess. Um, it's just because for New Zealand CrossFit's a lot newer, and it was only through as CrossFit, I guess, became more popular through New Zealand that Olympic lifting also got a lot more popular. I guess you've kind of seen the weightlifting scene at meets and nationals and stuff. The so numbers have definitely grown over the last few years, which has been amazing, you know. So I guess it kind of helps out both sports, which mm. is awesome. Just yeah. gets more um, exposure, which is great. And then, yeah, some people either stick with the CrossFit because they love the diversity, and then others like to delve into the Olympic weightlifting more because they find out they really love Olympic weightlifting. So, yeah, CrossFit's, I don't think, puts a big focus on it, but it's definitely never going to leave the sport because I think it's something that's so technical and precision but also requires good strength so it just encompasses so much of part of what the crossfit uh, is all about Mm. yeah i mean it's such a like olympic lifting in itself is just so complex i remember doing i did like a i don't know it must have been like a six week course or something just learning the basics of of the the clean and press and and the snatch and just found it like you know and you kind of get into a a a space where you you start to progress and you start to actually 
nail some of those movements a lot better and feel your body um, kind of adapt into those movements a lot better and sort of that specificity of it, right? But um, initially, it's just so complex and you're like, man, there's just so many steps to these movements and I have to do this and then that and then this and then that. Um, And then when I think about trying to introduce that into a class setting as well where you're doing a whole bunch of other conditioning elements and strength elements i'm like man that is a lot of um complexity and, and work to include um so yeah it's a it's it's really interesting that it um is such a, a focus within within crossfit as well but i think yeah it's um like you just said it's it's kind of core to the principles of of crossfit i guess um and, and I'm, I'm keen to sort of delve into i guess programming a little bit more for crossfit maybe later on in the conversation man but maybe to kick this thing off um, should we go back a little bit and where did this whole fitness journey kick off for you, man? Um, man, gym's sort of been my thing since I was about 16 years old is kind of when I kind of joined the gym. Um, funnily enough, it's because I was trying to make the first 15 team at my um, school and I kind of got told I had the skills, but I was a little bit too small. So I kind of didn't really like that for an answer. So I kind of yeah. like, well, well, I'm going to join a gym. Um, and just worked really hard and then sure enough you know the next year kind of made the team but ever since then kind of gyms has been part of my lifestyle since then and it's kind of gone from strength and conditioning for rugby and then I kind of got a little minor back injury so I kind of had to get out of the rugby scene so I kind of got into bodybuilding so I kind of have a goal there I just mm. yeah I always kind of need something to kind of aim for with my training so mm. that's kind of a bodybuilding it's like right if I set a date for a competition and do the training and stuff so that's where kind of bodybuilding came in and then sort of stumbled upon CrossFit during bodybuilding days and then yeah kind of the rest is history there kind of found CrossFit tried CrossFit loved CrossFit man for the last six six years it's been me training and that's kind of where I've pursued my career as a coach and personal trainer as well so it's kind of all weird it's nicely just work its way into that scene yeah it's interesting how that's kind of developed after a comment from like the the coaches i'm guessing from the first 15 it's like that kind of set a trajectory for your life that potentially might not have been set if uh, they hadn't said something like that yeah exactly you know so at least um yeah it's worked out in a very very positive way which is awesome the the um initial sort of year of training when you decide hey look i'm going to get some size on for rugby you obviously saw a, a decent response to your training within that first year or so because then you were able to to get with, on the team the following year. Um, what was that process like for you? Like, what, what did you sort of notice within your body? Did you develop quite fast? Did you respond quite quickly? Um, I just noticed that I just got a hell of a lot stronger, um, really, yeah, relatively, really quickly. Um, for me, yeah, which was quite crazy. I wasn't quite vegan at the time either, but kind of halfway into that, I kind of was. So it was actually quite interesting watching that progress kind of went from the rugby and then and the normal dieting and actually going from a vegan diet that the progress went even faster, um, especially with the way of putting on size for me. Um, which I found very interesting because I guess for any typical guy, they're kind of worried if they go on a plant-based diet, they're going to lose all the gains and get small and <laughs> things like that, which um, is definitely not the case. So, 
yeah, it was just, yeah, put on lots of size and got really strong within that kind of time frame, which was awesome, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Yeah, so... Yeah, and often that initial sort of response to training is what spurs on, you know, continuous training after that, right? And I think, um, yeah, I think it's interesting when you see someone who potentially, maybe like yourself, who was on the smaller side, but then they just respond incredibly well to some stimulus within the training room and and then suddenly, you know, you develop into what you are now, which is like incredibly strong and incredibly fit and this athlete, um, all from, you know, if you were to look at, you as like whatever age you were when you were sort of applying for this rugby team it's like you 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 would have been overlooked but now it's a case of wow look look how much you can actually develop um if you put in the time um and obviously you know you learned a lot along the way what age were you at that time man i would have been 17 18 so it would have been like my final year at college so and that's kind of yeah when i made the first 15 team and yeah, just really noticed some awesome results from the training. So the majority of your training, I guess, your training career, your training history has been on a plant-based diet? Yeah, majority of it, definitely all of my bodybuilding was all done on a plant-based diet. So when I kind of went down that road, um, kind of going off on a bit of a side note, but that's kind of how I met um, Billy, um, co-founder or founder of Prana On, because um, he made my first, I found him and he made my first bodybuilding plan and diet plan. And that's kind of where it all started from there. And then yeah. the next two years after that was kind of like training and competing bodybuilding wise. And yeah, so yeah, predominantly plant-based throughout my training career. That's awesome, man. That's, I mean, that's a great sort of, uh, um, I don't know what to say, what to call it. Like, it's a bit of a, a statement almost like that you've done majority of your training career purely with a plant-based diet, which is awesome because most people like myself who, you know, started training well before I transitioned. So, um, there's always that idea of like, oh, yeah, well, you, you know, you, you developed your physique before you became vegan. But like with yourself, it's a case of you developed your physique as a vegan, you know, purely um, from scratch, which is the same thing as when I interviewed um, Anastasia Zinchenko. She was the same thing. She basically started training after becoming vegan and, and developed all of her strength and muscle um, as a vegan, which is super cool to see because, um, you know, sort of takes away some of those, those claims there. Um, I'd love to dive into that little uh, i guess period of your life where you did jump into bodybuilding how did that whole thing start and and then how did you get in contact with billy and and sort of that whole scene um what was what was your experiences like with you know training um you know having a program from billy and, and working towards your you know your first competitions yeah, well, bodybuilding like, um, was just really a goal, just mm. something to kind of go for. And I was kind of like, right, well, I can't really do rugby at the moment, but bodybuilding something kind of allows me with like the isolation training and being able to still build muscle with not having to do all those sort of like big, heavy compound movements to still pursue something. And the whole idea behind the bodybuilding was to like prove that you can build muscle on a plant-based diet. That was kind of my whole like purpose for the bodybuilding and so like you know when i made sure and they when i got on stage and they introduced me they're like he's a vegan bodybuilder yeah. you yeah. love the, the crowd just kind of goes silent for like 10 yeah. seconds like how does that work <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. protein so i kind of i kind of love that um 
yeah so and that's kind of when with billy like the programming was awesome like yeah like i said like with most of the training it's put on some size eating like a horse um so the diet plan was awesome because obviously it was it was a bulking program he started me off with so i could put on some serious size before competing yeah and yeah i was currently living in australia at the time mm. so i was living just outside of melbourne and and then yeah kind of went with billy for a while there and then um don't know if you know luke tan you might do i've, um, I've, I've seen him yeah yeah, so and that's kind of, yeah, I found Billy just, he was one of the first people because I saw he won natural um, Olympia or something like that. He got quite up there in the bodybuilding world. So I'm like, well, this is probably a good guy to kind of approach and get a good head start on training and stuff. And that's kind of when the bodybuilding started. But then I kind of stumbled across Luke Tan because he was maybe, he was right in the center of Melbourne at that time. So I was like, well, but having someone in person and be able to get some training from and some diet advice and things like that will probably just work just that little bit better as we kind of know that having someone in person just makes it that little bit nice, a little bit easier. Um, so, yeah, and that's kind of where I went off with Luke for a little while with the training while I was still living in Australia. And yeah both awesome experiences and i think that's the biggest thing with the veganism and the bodybuilding is i've met so many cool like-minded amazing people along the way yeah 100 percent, man i think um that's quite interesting that you've uh like this was like what year did you sort of kick the whole bodybuilding thing off was that like quite early days yeah i would have been what i'm 28 now so i would have been 21 22 when the whole sort of like bodybuilding kind of was in full effect yeah yeah and doing the programming and the competing yeah uh, yeah yeah so that's it's a while ago man so this is this is kind of before almost it was like quite uh, much more common than like than it is now in terms of like veganism as a whole and just the acceptance of it and people knowing what it is so for you to even be vegan at that time and then you know decide hey look i'm going to do bodybuilding and show people what's up um that is that's a that's a really cool thing to be able to say but also um yeah i guess knowing that i guess you were you were doing it so early days before you know you could just jump on social media and find someone who's into vegan bodybuilding right (laughs) it was probably before those days and you were you know scratching around trying to find someone who's um, able to help you man so it was almost like you know a bit of a bit of a front runner there yeah so uh, yeah you're definitely right like when i first been vegan like then compared to now it was definitely had a lot of stigma behind it um it was definitely a lot hard at first with a lot of friends and family and like being worried or i think i was brainwashed or something or you know so kind of like a little bit worried for me but it was kind of i think the more that i did it the more people kind of like accepted and saw that like I was doing well and I was healthy and things like that, that all right, well, this is not a fad. This is kind of his thing now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it's kind of like a yeah, side note with the whole veganism thing, um, which kind of again made it a bit harder again because my first job out of college was actually at a meatworks on a slaughter floor um, as a cleanup boy. So the whole kind of transition started from, um, like a purely um, ethical point of view. I was kind of yeah. like seeing what happened firsthand and I was kind of, oh, I don't really know if this kind of 
sits well with me. <laughs> yeah, and, totally. Um, sure enough, even like people within the workplace, I think I was only about six months into the job and already transitioning um, plant-based and people were definitely noticing. And so it was kind of after that, like once my year contract was up, it was like, um, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just not for me. Yeah. that's a. I mean, that is huge, man, to even be able to spend – like you spent a whole year within that slaughterhouse. What was that experience like? Like what the people were working there when they started noticing you, you know, obviously they probably see what you're eating and see that you're not eating meat just products. Odd, I guess. Like just found it a bit strange or probably thought, you know, I was a bit sensitive. Yeah. Um, to it I'm all, assuming which... that, that, that like whole, that whole scene, that whole environment would be very like, tough man syndrome in there yeah, like very yeah, like you know sure, hard very, enough just do the job you know yeah very very kind of macho mainly. Yeah. don't get me wrong lot there is some nice people within the workplace but it's definitely like yeah like that's a like tough guy sort of totally environment and only, and only the strong survive sort of thing <laughs> well it's yeah, probably sure. i mean it's just nature of the work right because if you if you're not gonna kind of close off and desensitize yourself then you won't last right so you kind of just if you wanted to make that a career you literally just have to close off a lot of your emotional side and your empathy and just become that yeah that macho man who just cracks on and, and does the does the killing right yeah yeah for sure so that that whole thing kicked off for you decided to start transitioning purely from that ethical side um did you find that because that was quite early days did you find that transition period difficult for you like where did you find resources how did that whole experience go for you um personally for me the transition wasn't hard it just because i think just sat so right with me once i kind of like made my decision like this is kind of like this is what i want to do this is like it just kind of yeah sat right with me and transition wise and having resources Thankfully enough, I funnily enough ran into an entire vegan family um, and became good friends with them. So they were kind of like my number one resource, cool. you know. So like, come help me and do my first vegan shop and things like that, and what to look for and rider rider r and got all that. And then I would say within the span of a week, like that's all it took, like just pop the fence, and that was kind of it from day dot. Never really sort of had meat again or dairy products it was pretty much that was it wow yeah so for me this had a very very nice easy introduction and transition which is great which i know not everybody has that same experience so i know that everyone's got to kind of approach it a little bit differently totally was it was it initially a a transition to like purely straight into a a completely plant-based diet or, or a plant-only diet um or was it were you sort of going that whole route of like uh, you went vegetarian first because i mean generally most people especially i guess maybe like 10 plus years ago would most likely just go vegetarian first because they know what vegetarian is not so much mm-hmm. like vegan because vegan wasn't so much like a, a well-known term and it, actually what that meant no, so I went completely plant-based. It was no sort of like in-between and still having dairy products or anything like that. It was literally cut the meat, cut the dairy, and that was it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing thing to be able to do, um, especially back then. But like you said, having a support crew, right, which is so 
like such a massive benefit of what we have now in terms of the connectivity of the world we can jump on a facebook group you can jump into you know a um an online forum or if people are still using those i don't know um you can just you know contact people in your local area that are vegan and get some tips and tricks and yeah like you said you know, like take them on take you on a shop or whatever so there's so many more options for people now i think it's just a lot simpler to to go down that route um mm, definitely and and for yourself now, like, do you, do you find any challenges with your um your sort of lifestyle as a vegan now? Is there anything that you um you feel like you have to continually overcome and 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 work hard towards in terms of like nutrition and lifestyle as a vegan, or is it kind of smooth sailing for you? Um, I would say overall, like, definitely from when it started, definitely real smooth sailing. Like, you know, like it's just such more convenient options out there and at the supermarket and so much to choose from and like restaurants and cafes for outings with friends or families or whatever. It's just, it's always seems to be like some sort of option now, whereas back then they didn't used to be. So I don't really feel like there's any really sort of like things I have to overcome. Might be the odd sort of like, um, thing is kind of like i guess like for instance went to a wedding this weekend and sort of like pretty traditional and no real like vegan options it was just kind of like salads and yeah roast roast veggies and that was kind of all i had to partake in yeah amongst all the other foods so yeah little situations like that but man like still pretty well fed nonetheless just pile up my plate with veggies totally but yeah like majority of the time it's it's pretty good yeah. yeah, I think I think so much of about it is like owning that kind of new identity as a vegan or someone who follows a, a plant based lifestyle, so that the people around you and your your small circles and your family groups and your friends groups they all know that's who you are and what you do, and you're not going to waver on that. So that when you go to these events, like for example, I've been to a number of weddings recently in the past year or so where I've been completely catered for as a vegan at that wedding like i might be the only one there but they've spoken to the caterers and said hey look go find jackson because he is a vegan and they bring me my like own plate of of food um which is it's it's just amazing to even like i wouldn't complain either way i'd be like hey look just give me the bowl of veggies and i'll just smash that (laughs) like i don't really care but um uh to be catered for is just amazing just because people i guess are just much more accepting of that now and just understand that's that's who you are yeah, definitely. It's definitely a lot more like accepted and a bit more cared for these days as compared to what it was 10 years ago, for sure, definitely. Do you have people within your sort of close circle now within Blenheim that are on the same sort of lifestyle as you? Um, not many. Um, I know like we have a couple of plant-based members at our gym, which is great. So um, it's awesome to have those sort of people to sort of like talk to about a plant-based diet. But then there's also people that aren't plant-based, but they love incorporating more of it and things like that. So there's definitely some people within Blenheim, but I guess I like those that are super like passionate about the vegan lifestyle and really, really promoting the way of health and fitness. Majority of my mates are probably from Auckland. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for <laughs> every sure. Every time I, I go up to Auckland, I have uh, an awesome time just yeah. catching up with vegan mates and going and having some awesome vegan food and things like that. I, I definitely binge out when I'm up in Auckland. Yeah, totally. I think <laughs> it's so interesting because you can get into this little bubble when you live in like a place like Auckland or you're in Melbourne or you're in London, these places that are kind of hot spots for veganism. 
um, you're in this little bubble and you're not really aware of like, hey, if you were living in like Blenheim, you might not have like all these options, right? So it's kind of like it might be a little bit of a wake-up call for a lot of vegans if they were to maybe step into a smaller town where it's not so common. Um, do you mm. feel like you're still like there's still enough options for you within like a smaller smaller city when like i first went vegan and in, in blenheim it, it was definitely like you just had to do your own shopping and like things like that and, like they're kind of like the only places that maybe you could go out for dinner and get an op- opportunity of a vegan meal would be i guess like an indian restaurant and because of like you know majority of the dishes are vegetarian anyway and they could potentially just like you know sub out the cream for coconut cream and things like that so that sort of stuff made it easy but uh, blenheim has come a long way in the way of catering to a plant-based lifestyle for a lot of places around here which is fantastic so i definitely have a lot more options and places i know i can go to to go have a meal um, which is awesome mm. and yeah so it's yeah uh, definitely a lot easier for people to do it even if you're in, like smaller towns like Blenheim anyway I can't speak for all other smaller towns but in Blenheim it's definitely a lot easier than what it was traditionally within CrossFit it's generally been a lot of paleo diet from my understanding like when when I first kind of started to hear about CrossFit it was kind of back in my my army years and some of the PTIs the physical training instructors there they were starting to get into CrossFit Um, that's when I first heard about it and then when I left the army came to Auckland and there were some CrossFit gyms locally Um, and generally what I saw was that like paleo was the big thing is that still the case with CrossFit as a whole as you see or is there more openness to like other ways of nutrition strategies now and like you said there's a few members that are vegan within your gym itself do you think that's becoming more of a trend paleo when i first started crossfit was definitely quite dominant um because yeah it was even coming in with that um sort of training and stuff but i think as the years have gone on with crossfit people have realized that in the way of health and performance that paleo isn't the way to go because it's not really like fueling you properly for the style of training that it is mm. um paleo can work for i guess in a sense of um a diet if you're looking to lose weight but i think it's just been shown that it's not something that um long term is going to benefit anyone so i definitely don't really know many if any still on following a paleo diet mm. definitely not in our gym anyway so i definitely think that a lot of people are a lot more open to just um a more well-rounded diet like for instance now gym we just ran uh, our last year's nutrition challenge we kind of followed the 800 gram challenge uh if you've ever heard of that before so it's basically um I forget the lady's name, but it's kind of where, it's where we, we kind of found the idea. It's not so much about cutting out foods and putting people on a diet, but you can still have your meats or your sweet treats or whatever, but you're trying to get 800 grams of solely um, whole food, plant-based, like fruit or veg. Like it can't be dried, it can't be processed, mm. but you're trying to eat up to 800 grams throughout the day. Mm. And my partner was doing it and she was just so full on trying <laughs> to get these grams in that she couldn't even hit 800 grams in a yeah. day. 
she was just like, this is crazy. Like, I hit 400 grams and I cannot eat anything else. <laughs> yeah. like, and I think that's kind of like the cool thing about the diet is because you're so full of getting like whole food, plant-based nutrients that your body's like, I don't need anything else. I'm sweet, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, which is great. And then I guess that just stops with uh, a little mini like snacks of whatever you might have and things like that. So that's kind of something that we kind of promoted in our nutrition challenge so that people didn't like have to have any set calories or set meal plans or things like that. So they didn't feel restricted. So yeah. um, it was a really, really cool nutrition challenge. And we kind of got people to kind of create ideas of um, their own like diets or like recipes they were following to try and help hit this 800 grams and things like that. So yeah, yeah really made for a cool little challenge inside the gym. Yeah, it sounds like it's just like a really a simplistic intervention that doesn't take like a huge amount of thought. But it's just like, hey, look, within your day, you need to try and get the stack of like whole foods and all that's going to do is just hugely reduce your calorie consumption from all these other foods that we're used to eating. The more the the hyper processed foods, the really palatable foods, because you're filling up, like you said, you're filling up so much on these like high volume, low calorie density foods, and and generally that's when we see the the biggest benefit to uh, a whole food plant based diet for people who do um who do want to prioritize some kind of um, weight change is that yeah it's just so filling right there's just so much fiber there's so much volume and that means that when you go hey look um, I maybe I, I want to have this extra like maybe I want to have this this ice cream after dinner or maybe I want to have this like slice at work or whatever but if you're so full on all these whole foods likely even if you have that slice or ice cream it's not going to be a huge amount extra so it's kind of like it's probably you know a really nice simplistic way to just approach and you approaching nutrition intervention so that's really cool to hear um i think like going back to the whole like you know, what is going to fuel crossfit side of things like crossfit's one of the most demanding i think sports or fitness um modalities out there for sure in terms of the amount of energy you're you're burning through within a crossfit session and a lot of i think high level crossfit athletes are doing two a days three a days and i've seen like you know in the past when it was the whole paleo craze there was this there was just like this chronic underfeeding of athletes i think they were just not taking it anywhere enough for what they need for for performance so for you now as a coach and as an athlete who competes what what are some key areas or key strategies you use to make sure you're actually fueling enough for these energy demanding workouts I think it's just the biggest thing is like realizing, especially if you're doing oh, almost any sort of sport or physical training like CrossFit, that carbs aren't the enemy like they've been made out to be. Like they, it's like carbohydrates are like the number one fuel source for the human body. You know, like our muscles literally like store glycogen, and I think that's kind of where like the whole paleo thing wasn't working for CrossFit athletes. You know, so like they want to get they want to get strong and they want to get fitter, but there's no glycogen stores in their muscles to 
lift these weights that they're trying to accomplish, you know. So I think that's probably like the biggest thing. And for me, like, especially like I don't do like two a days or three a days, but sometimes my session can go from like two to two and a half hours. And that's me for the day. So I'm definitely making sure that along with um, some adequate protein that I'm fueling myself with lots of carbohydrates, you know, but making sure like they're just coming from good sources. So like say this morning finished my training and now I went and munched down hard on a big bowl of oats with protein powder and a um, little bit of coconut yogurt and things like that just to make sure that like I'm getting a whole bunch of carbs to replenish my muscles and protein to help um, rebuild as well so that's probably like the biggest thing is just making sure that i'm getting adequate protein and carbohydrates to keep fueling this amount of training that i'm doing yeah i'm not yeah. burning out fizzing out yeah totally i mean it's, it's just a case of yeah again again i guess pushing against the this kind of food police mentality of like you know your carbs are the enemy here um in the case of crossfit it's like it's the exact opposite it needs to be it needs to be preferably be a higher higher carbohydrate probably lower fat intake just because the sessions are they're hard but they're short you know they're not generally going to be you know like a three hour you know marathon or something like that so um Mm-mm. having that glucose or the glycogen in the muscle and then glucose within the bloodstream is just essential for those hard and fast bouts of training do you want i think the listeners would be really interested do you want to run through like what an average day of eating would be for you yeah i can definitely run you through that so that's it breakfast is pretty much the same every day oats protein powder maybe top it off with some like nuts and seeds or something just to make sure we're getting still getting some healthy fats in the diet and some coconut yogurt just because probiotics and things like that so just trying to get a full well-balanced breakfast lunch can differ from time to time um it can generally be what's left over for dinner um but for instance i think today i've got a um satay stir fry tofu um, lunch ready for today for something we made last night. So they're like looking at that, you know. So like getting lots of carbs with protein source from the tofu and things like that. Um, I'll have a smoothie as well. So for me, <laughs> probably quite a big smoothie for some. But like yeah. two bananas and one and a half cups of berries um, with another scoop of protein powder as well. And then well, dinner. What would I change for dinner? A lot, a lot, lot of things I'll probably generally go to is maybe just like if it's easy, I'll just make like a salsa. Um, so like beans um, with obviously some of that sun-fed chicken stuff if you've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Just because that stuff's ridiculously conveniently high in protein. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's insane. Um, so yeah, like salsa, maybe just throw that on like a bed of rice or something like that. Or if I'm sick of like a salsa, I'll um, make a curry like. I think it just comes from my bodybuilding days, though, that if I could, that I'd probably just eat almost the same thing every day just because it's yeah. easy and convenient, and I know what I'm getting into my body, but my partner is not like that. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can have the same meal for two days, and she'll just get over it. So yeah, yeah. Um, we have to make sure that dinner is different every night, but for me, breakfast and lunch will be pretty much the same. So, for yeah. instance, sometimes on a Sundays, I'll probably just do like a bulk salsa or a bulk curry, um, and just make sure that I'm getting lots of veggies in there and lots of 
whatever my protein sources, whether it be tofu or tempeh or um, that sun-fed chicken, um, and throw that in there. So I've got a nice high protein source and just cook up a big bulk pot of rice and then just divvy that out amongst containers um, for the week. And then that, I just know that lunch is sorted so that when I come in uh, from home uh, to home in the middle of the day, that there's just something healthy um, and like packed full of um, calories and nutrition for me when I get home after coaching and exercising. Yeah, totally. I think it's so interesting how anyone who's spent any time like kind of following the, the bodybuilding kind of diets and, and training protocols, like I, I grew up doing that and it was, I think some of the huge benefits from that is just the, the idea of that you, you're just happy eating the same thing day in, day out because it's just following the protocol and you know that it's, like you said, it's convenient, it's really simple to make and it's got exactly what you want in it for your body to be fueled for whatever your your goal or outcome is. And it just makes things so easy. It just takes away all the decisions. So I'll be, I'm the same thing. Yeah. I'll be so happy just, you know, pretty much hitting the same thing most days and just, you know, vary things up a little bit just so we have some more diversity in terms of the diet. But I think um, making it as simple as possible is just such an essential tool that I try to use with my clients. But a lot of the time, it is like, for example, your partner, it's just the boredom for a lot of people of eating the same foods. Um, and I think I think a lot of that comes back to like what they're seeing online because if a lot of these people are following like all these vegan food pages where it's just like insane recipes and the photos look insane and the flavors are out of control. Um, and it's just like, yeah, but most people are not eating like that every single day. Like these are these are people who like, literally spend all their time creating these like fancy recipes and and instagram photos but majority of people's diets are just like simplistic easy convenient meals that like taste decent but they've got well hopefully they've got what they need for for health and performance yeah exactly and that's just kind of what you want some days especially if you're on the go you just want something quick and easy and know that it's gonna fuel you well to kind of recover and carry on with your day so yeah 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 yeah, they're not making fancy meals all the time for sure yeah (laughs) and i can definitely say that from my bodybuilding days if there's anything when i was doing my own diet plans at one point that it's super boring (laughs) totally totally so Braden, i'd love to touch on on crossfit here man so it's something that I've delved in the past. I've done maybe two or three sessions at, at different boxes, like I trained in Bali and I trained here in Auckland at a couple of different gyms um, and really enjoy the, the the way that sessions are laid out in terms of the structure of them. Um, and I think there's just so many benefits to CrossFit. But I think a lot of the time there is a lot of like misconceptions about the sport in general um, and it does get a lot of flack from from people yeah, within the industry sure. um and generally i think a lot of it comes back to like the uh, idea that crossfit you know injures people so do, do you want to explain why maybe crossfit does get flack for this um and maybe try and dispel some of the myths around that i think the only reason that any people kind of make the idea that a lot of injuries come from crossfit are people that don't do CrossFit or have never (laughs) tried CrossFit and they just have this preconceived idea. Maybe they've watched a YouTube video of the CrossFit games or something and these guys are just going hard and smashing themselves into a wall. And, you know, like that's like the 1% of 
CrossFit. Like yeah, it's not yeah. that's CrossFit as a sport, not CrossFit as a methodology. Yeah. They're two very, very, very different things. Um so I think it's just yeah, people think there's a lot of injuries because all they have is have this idea that people are just moving fast and they're not thinking about their technique and it's just all about the time or how many reps they can do and you know, that's such like a small part of the whole CrossFit philosophy and I think if people gave it a chance they would also like people that um come and try CrossFit will realise. Um, yeah, so I probably think that's probably where the sort of flag for injuries and stuff like that comes from. Yeah. How would you then, so if that's kind of what uh, you say CrossFit isn't, what would you say CrossFit is? Like, how would you define it? CrossFit, I would define, you know, it's all about functional training and it's not about being like a specialist in anything, but kind of like a jack of all trades and in a lot of areas to help you enjoy life like that is crossfit as a methodology is all about it's not you people trying to come in and compete at the crossfit games it's people moving well and moving through functional ranges of movement so that they can whatever it is go enjoy playing sports on the weekend still or being able to run around with their kids for more than five minutes without getting puffed or um, going out and doing whatever they love to do on the weekend that gets them outside and moving their body and things like that. It's like CrossFit isn't meant to be taking up your life but or hindering your life but improving it. And I think that's probably like the biggest thing that people, if they realise yeah, if that's what CrossFit was, they'd probably give it a better chance. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the hugest benefits to CrossFit that I've seen over the years is just like it's incredible ability to build community and to build you know culture. So people come in and and maybe they've never trained before, or it's just something completely new to them, and they get sort of enveloped in this this culture and this community where they feel accepted and there's a place for them and they're progressing and everyone's supportive. Um, what do you think is like even if you can you know speak from your own experience with boombox is like how is this community built within the gym and and how is it sustained long term yeah well i see like i think community like you said is the biggest thing as to why crossfit gyms are so successful because people either come with their friends or they make friends within the crossfit scene and then because they've got friends at the gym it keeps them um, committed to the gym keeps them more motivated and they just want to come along because their mates are there and the environment is awesome and the energy is great Um, and that's like a big reason why i love coaching crossfit classes and in the way of like boombox we kind of we run by our three core values of courage, care, and commitment. And we kind of want to make sure that all our members are following these standards. And so, you know, like that one care is like making sure that all of our members care for each other, however that be, like supporting them at the end of the workout. Maybe their mate's not quite finished. They're going to encourage them and help them tick along and things like that and just make them feel like, who cares if you come last? We're going to make you feel like you're first because you're coming in and you're putting in the effort and you're working hard and we're going to make you feel great for it, you know? So, yeah, I just think it's just like those things and just, yeah, developing the sort of um, environment you want with your gym and making it a positive experience for people is what keeps them coming back. Mm. 
because it's not so much about the training, but it's about the people they get to do it with. What are some of the areas like with the people within within the gym that you work with? What are like the main areas you need to work on with these clients to make them an efficient CrossFit CrossFit enthusiast? Oh, I think it's just like constantly just looking for progress every day within themselves, wherever, wherever that is, wherever they start, you know, like it's so easy to beat yourself up and think that you aren't doing well or aren't achieving things, but just making sure that like, look, like you started here in your first week of CrossFit and three months later that like, man, you've made these improvements in your area and just making sure people that's like everyone starts somewhere and then you've got to build up from there and it's not about um, putting yourself against anyone else because it's not their journey you're following, but it's your own and everyone's progress or what they want to achieve and what they want to get out of CrossFit is so different. And I think that's just why it kind of works for so many different people because CrossFit's not just for one style of person, but it can work for so many, for so many different reasons. Mm. Yeah, love that, man. So, I guess for a lot of people that haven't uh, participated in a CrossFit session or, you know, ever really watched it or anything like that, um, they probably have no idea of, like, how a session structure is actually run. Um, do you want to, like, from a programming perspective, do you want to give the listeners a bit of an idea of, like, what, is it, what does a session look like within a, a general CrossFit class and how is that? kind of broken down over like a week in terms of how is everything sort of structured if someone was to come in and train three to five days that week how is it structured in order to for them to get the most out of their training but without kind of overdoing things yeah for sure well i can kind of run through our programming from this week because if you ask me what last week program was next week it's it's not in my head it's yeah. all about this week so um yesterday for us we um well, we're currently in the middle of the crossfit open so and we've got a lot of our members competing in that so we're not really doing anything that's going to kind of um looking for like big progressions or working on strength or anything like that it's just kind of all about maintenance and a good overall general strength and conditioning program so yesterday we did front spots for strength so um of course, we put a big, nice warm-up at the start to make sure that people are good to go, nice and warm, moving well, things like that. And then kind of some front squats. So for this, I kind of got these guys to build to, what do we do? Built to a heavy tri- uh, th- set of three. If people had a one rep max, we built to maybe 80 to 90% big range. So depending on how they feel, not flash, 80%, feeling great go to 90% and then to get some working sets we had some descending sort of percentage work so all the way down doing threes from 75 to 65% so just some good strength work but nothing that's going to completely destroy them but then that piece watching their front squats set them up nicely for the workout and that's normally what from my personal programming that I'll try and do is maybe do the strength pieces a nice primer into the workout so this workout had some um, chest bar pull-ups handstand push-ups and squat cleans so basically for me as a coach i'm like well if i'm seeing that everyone's moving well in a front squat i pretty much should know that their cleans are going to look very nice and tidy in the bottom so that's kind of from me from a visual point of view but it's also kind of like our heavy day for the training because the barbell was probably like the big focus and the handstand push-ups and the chest bars were kind of some minor fatigue work um, but just to have some skill in there as well 
because um, it's something that, well, I felt might potentially still pop up in the CrossFit Open. But then today, it's a, it's a complete switch. There's not a barbell in sight. There's no strength work. Kind of let the body take a break from the heavy side of things. And today is all about sort of like steady state cardio interval work and just kind of getting the lungs working and the blood pumping and just working on a bit of engine today. So um, every six minutes for six rounds, 200 meter run, 12 dumbbell snatch, 50 double unders with a skipping rope, 12 dumbbell hand clean and jerk, and a 200 meter run. So, you know, I kind of give them the idea of like, we're not trying to like pile ourselves into the ground within the six minutes. We want to get some rest. We want to be done within about four to four and a half minutes. Something that you feel like is sustainable and you can maintain every time we restart that six minute window. So we're kind of doing some engine work, some is getting helping with a bit of recovery as well after a heavy day yesterday. Uh, things like that. But then I put some RX plus options on the board for those that are feeling good or not doing the CrossFit Open or are one of the faster ones of the group. And so they can try with a heavier dumbbell. So instead of 22 and a half for the guys, it's I've put a 30 kilo option there if they want it. Or instead of the 50 double unders, they can do 70 double unders if they're really awesome at double unders because some people can just fly on the skiffing rope. And then tomorrow, um, Wednesdays, I love to kind of make a bit more of a dial back day because it's the middle of the week. Everyone's a bit flat from work and training and all that sort of stuff. So we do no high intensity. So tomorrow's a bit of handstands, walking skill work. So lots of little skills and drills to kind of help people kind of learn towards that. And then just some good strength and accessory work, kind of like, I guess, if you kind of want to say a bit more bodybuilding style. So we're kind of focusing on smaller areas so that those smaller areas stay strong and healthy for the bigger things that we do. Thursday becomes a bit more of a cardio day again. I Forgotten what that is, um, but yeah, a bit more of an engine building day again because um, we kind of incorporate the cardio classes on a Thursday as well. And then Friday is another heavy day, so we've had three days of nothing extremely heavy, so the body should be kind of good and ready to go. And then so we're going to do some deadlifts on Friday, and the workout escapes me again. But that's kind of, I guess, you know, in a general week, how I kind of like to program and break it up, make sure that we've got lots of modalities in there and training different stimuluses within like ranging from different levels of skill. And then Saturdays are kind of a bit of a different day. We like to call them Super Saturdays because that's kind of the day where we have a bit of a blowout and it's usually a partner workout and yeah. just have a bit of fun really. That's awesome. So would you say most people are doing every one of those sessions throughout the week, like they're kind of following the whole protocol? <laughs> We definitely have a lot of members that do a lot of Monday to Friday and you have the odd that do it on a Saturday or some of them will kind of take a rest day in that week and generally for people that's kind of like a Wednesday or a Thursday and that's kind of why the program, um, the Wednesday to kind of be more lower intensity and Thursday to definitely be more of a um, cardio day working on the engine depending on if we're going to do some high intensity um, work or sort of like more steady long endurance work because it's not generally not going to have a big one of the focuses on of the week so and if I was running a cycle so you know so like Monday and Friday I'll definitely make sure that that's got the big things that we're kind of building on so that they can be there for those things and they don't feel like they're missing out if they take a rest day because 
like anybody else, they know what FOMO feels like. You don't want to like see something on the program. Oh man, I'm feeling sore, but yeah. don't want to miss out, man. Yeah. Like that looks awesome. And just to, and the biggest thing is like telling people like it's okay to take rest days and like and that you actually need them. Or hey, if you want to come in and you want to keep moving, I know that the, a group setting program doesn't tailor for everyone because everyone reacts a little bit differently. Like we can make it more of a moving recovery day for you. If your back's feeling sore and deadlifts aren't going to be a great thing, let's change it up, man. Let's go, I don't know, like depending on the day and what sort of folks we want, let's put bench press in there because we're going to take your back out of the stimulus, but you're going to get some nice strength work in, whatever. So I, I'm not like, I never like make people like, this is what's on the board mm. and that's it. Like if we need to change something up from memory, depending on how their week's been or, and if like, you know, with training and work and sleep or whatever, I'm more than happy to kind of alter it for some individuals just so that they stay fit and healthy, but still feel like they're accomplishing something. Yeah. Which is great. I love that. Cause I think within the class based, modality of training like you must see this across the board whether it's like f45 or whether it's crossfit or whatever you tend to get a lot of the individuals that just want to do more 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 and more is better and we run into these problems where like they're really just going way too you know they just there's just too much volume of training within their week and they're not able to recover from that and your nutrition sleep and hydration are not on point and able to to enable them to do this high level of training so it's a case of like if you've got a good coach like like yourself is to be able to you know auto regulate these days for these clients so like yeah they still want to work out they still want to train but potentially they're not in the best position to be deadlifting today or something like that it's being able to auto regulate that and give them an alternative right yeah definitely because like like going back to the crossfit methodology it's not about all trying to get like these super fast um short-term gains but it's just a slow trajectory is and just slowly just creeping up Mm. as your training goes along and just looking to stay fit and healthy for as long as possible um and that's it without having to take on any injuries or any hindrances and so yeah biggest thing is like they're telling people to listen to their body and um and that's it like even as a coach i'm like do you take rest days do you take days off like yeah man i have two days a week where i don't do anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) so for me that's like a thursday and a sunday so maybe on a thursday if i'm feeling pretty okay from the week i might do like an active recovery session where i so like kind of go through movement and kind of do some very low cardio but nothing intense that's going to kind of put my body into a state of shock or whatever just something just to kind of moving blood flow and help um just push along that sort of like recovery is a bit more like sort of like um, mobility flows and then maybe i'll jump on the row or the bike for a couple of minutes and back to some mobility flows or something like with kettlebell flows or something like that um and man some of those days uh the nicest days of training ever just because i feel like i've moved i've done mm. something and the body just feels a lot fresher which yeah. is great yeah yeah for i think for a lot of our listeners that um uh, focus more on like physique based outcomes I'd be interested to know how your physique has developed over the years like considering you did come from a bodybuilding background 
and mm. and then transition into, into CrossFit for yourself and then maybe for your members as well. Like, what do you see in terms of like physique based adaptations to CrossFit style training? Um, for my personal self, um, bodybuilding, I was probably weighing roughly the same. I kind of always kind of been somewhere probably within the bodybuilding and CrossFit between 90 to 94 kilos. Now I kind of sit quite steadily somewhere around the 92 kilos. And if I could say anything about my physique from bodybuilding kind of in like not in competitive season but just kind of um, just general part of the year compared to CrossFit, I'm the same size but I look a lot leaner. Like for some, it's easy for, for me to stay a lot leaner doing a CrossFit style training, um, and I just feel better as well in the way of being in the way that I move compared to when I was a bodybuilder. As for our members, I see the same thing. These they definitely stack on some muscle. They definitely get a lot leaner, um, and they just feel better because of it um because obviously being a little bit lighter and having a bit more muscle just makes things in everyday life just that much nicer yeah yeah no that's cool. but it's not a focus of it which mm. i think is fantastic like it's not a single mirror in a crossfit gym um and for me coming from my body but and i think that's kind of where what kind of got me to love crossfit because i enjoyed when I went from bodybuilding and tried CrossFit, it got me enjoying fitness for the sake of exercising, enjoying movement rather than trying to chase a look, mm. um, which is like anybody knows that like you look in the mirror and you're your world's biggest critic. You'll find something about yourself that you don't like and because that's not a focus in CrossFit. It's like, well, do you feel fitter, faster, stronger? Well, then fantastic. Mm. That's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I love so much about CrossFit that looking leaner and feeling stronger is just a byproduct of the training, not the focus. How does that kind of focus of being fitter, faster, stronger, how does it adapt as your clients and athletes like age? Like, say, even for yourself, Brandon, as someone who potentially probably wants to do CrossFit um, for the rest of your life. How do you kind of adapt that kind of method or that kind of mentality of being fitter, faster, stronger to someone who's say sixty plus, seventies, you know, who still wants to be doing these these train these different training I think training it's like feeling fitter is should be like a personalized thing, like because that's it. The, the, the training style is going to be different for different age groups and. The intensity and the weights are never going to be the same. Like I can say for myself that, like competitively in CrossFit, I probably have dialed back more of my training compared to what it used to. Um, just especially since like the injuries and stuff. And back in the past, I was probably I was doing way more work than I probably should have been, and kind of went through a burnout phase. So for me, training kind of became a little bit less competitive and a little bit more sort of like focusing on my health and just maintaining sort of like just a good general health and fitness base, which is, yeah. So I guess, you know, we've got people from the gym that go anywhere from uh, 50, like 16 all the way up their 30s, 40s, 50s, even 60s. And I think it's just for those sort of people is just, 
changing this program slightly to fit their goals and their needs and what they're trying to get out of the CrossFit gym. And as long as they're feeling better because of it, like, um, say for some of the older people, like still being able to like squat and get low onto a squat or be able to press something overhead or just have a certain like range of motion and a general base of fitness that allows them to still enjoy life with their kids and their kids or their grandkids and things like that, that for them is like their marker of fitness. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's not someone like me who is still relatively competitive. My training and my markers are going to be very different. And I think as a coach, and other coaches, it's their goal to find out what their goals are and how that's going to relate to the training inside the CrossFit programming. Mm. No, great answer, man. I was scrolling through your Instagram recently and I came across this whole um, 24-hour Murph idea that you guys oh, did. Yeah. Um, what a weekend. Yeah, can you describe like what is, what is Murph? to start with and and, and um, then maybe yeah. what this whole 24-hour thing was about? Um, so Murph is a hero workout in the CrossFit scene. Uh, it's been around for as long as I've done CrossFit. Um, so hero workouts in CrossFit are named after fallen soldiers. Um, and so this guy's name was Murph, um, and his workout is one-mile run, so 1.6 kilometres. Um, into 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, um, break it up however you like, and then finishing off with another mile run. Um, the whole reason for the 24-hour Murph, um, we have a member by the name of Jacob, who's also kind of helps assist in the coaching side of things, who himself has had a lot of, I guess, mental struggles and overcome throughout his life. So he really kind of wanted to give back to um, the mental health organization in New Zealand and do 24 hours of MERS to fundraise for this organization. And so he kind of put a team together of himself, me and three other members. And so we kind of just did this rotation over 24 hours. And so we kind of get roughly about four hours of rest between our MERS and just doing that over 24 hours and over that 24 hours members non-members could join us on a round of Murph if they wanted to um yeah so it, and i think it just the reason why i want to do it because Murph, if you've ever done it by one round of it is mentally tough alone because it's a long workout if you're a fast person you can probably get this done in about 35 minutes give or take if if it's something that's a bit harder for you, it can take up to an hour. Like, And so it's mentally a grinding workout. So to do that over 24 hours was just to show a lot of mental toughness and help build awareness for the mental health organisation. And how much did we make? It was, I think it was over six grand, six or seven grand. That's amazing. Which is great. Yeah, it's so, amazing. Yeah, so... 
yeah, awesome weekend, awesome cause. Lots of people got behind it. Um, yeah, so it was awesome. Yeah, so those kind of things that, you know, going back to the benefits of, of CrossFit, right, is bringing people together, right? So you, you do a, you put on this event, it's 24 hours, hey, we're going to be here throwing down for 24 hours, come come in, jump in on one of the sessions and just be a part of what we're doing. I absolutely love that. Yeah, man, and the, the amount of people that we got coming down and the amount of members that actually did more than one round, wow. like they do one and then maybe they go home <laughs> for a few hours and they come back and I'm pretty sure one of our members did as many rounds as each member of the actual team right. doing the 24-hour yeah. birth and I think it's just because for him, it just kind of really hit home and something he was super passionate sure. about. So he's like, yeah, man, I'm going to – give it everything to support the cause which was which was awesome so how many rounds did you get through yourself i think it was let's manage four five mercy i think it was yeah. around about five each and jacob who did it um which was quite cool he got to do the final the final round of murph in the 24 hours and so so many people did it with him awesome um so yeah what a finish it was cool that's awesome, man. I love that. Oh, bro, I want to finish this up, man. Um, and, you know, what are you what are you working on for the rest of 2021, man? Is it is it obviously we talked about working towards the Olympic lifting side of things. Is that the big focus? What else is going on for this year? I guess um, in the way of, I guess, level of um, training, definitely the, um, the nationals is something that's going to be like, a big focus this year. But then getting back into some competitive CrossFit um, this year is definitely a focus as well. So coming back from my knee injury, the main focus at the moment is just kind of just just some nice slow trajectory back up to kind of where I have been. So no real sort of like plans for um, any of the comps at the moment, but um, I have signed up for um, what's called two to tango in September. So that's one that I've kind of, so I did that last year with a friend so we're going to do it again um and i guess just kind of see what else kind of pops up and scene after the crossfit open and kind of attack that a little bit more because um, yeah things are on a nice steady trajectory upwards and so hopefully we can just maintain that no that's awesome man so at the moment it's a little more geared towards the the crossfit oh sorry the uh, olympic lifting is that is that your focus every day or are you still including some like CrossFit wads and things like that as well? I'm definitely trying to incorporate both. So I'm trying to work on the Olympic weightlifting and try and keep the CrossFit involved as well so I can kind of have both and so do both at the same time. I did the Olympic weightlifting purely for six, eight months in the year that I first qualified for nationals. Um, absolutely loved the training, but um, and it taught me a lot, and especially in the way of programming and things like that. But I don't know, there's just so much about CrossFit and the way of training and competing and the community and stuff that I just missed. So I want this year as a big goal of trying to see if I can incorporate both. Mm. And still, and so it's just obviously, yes, being just a little bit smarter with the training. Um, yeah, and just trying to just keep um, self regulating and just going by feel and listening to the body and things like that. Um, 
yeah, but yeah, there's a nice steady trajectory on both is kind of the goal. Nice. And as a bit of a final question for you, Braden, I love to hear your perspective on like the the growth of veganism, whether it's worldwide or here within New Zealand. Um, what the positives and negatives you know you see within your own mind of of kind of where the whole veganism um, lifestyle is or phil- philosophy is is headed. Um. Well, my own personal point of view, I don't know, I, I can only see it being a positive impact as it becomes more and more popular because every year, you know, like that's just a, like it just grows by the amount of people taking on a plant-based lifestyle. I just think for the sake of um, people's health and as the um, population's growth, just um, the way of this planet and just looking after it so that we can all, <laughs> all be here for a very long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is only but a good thing. Um, yeah, I very much look forward to just seeing it grow in popularity and in the health and fitness world. And I think, yeah, so that's kind of the whole big reason kind of why I do veganism and do sport is to kind of um, promote both, um, to show that veganism can kind of bring health and wellness to people's lives. Um yeah, I don't, I don't have any big philosophical sort of quote, but yeah, yeah, man. I only see it kind of being a good thing from here. Awesome, man. And I know you're working with, with Prana at the moment. Do you want to um, yes. maybe plug the, the supplements you're using and, and why you're using them while we're here? Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, you know, supplements are a big thing, especially if you're, um, well, just for general health, but also especially if you're competing because obviously it requires a bit more um, nutrients and having a bit more convenience. So, oh, man, I use so much of the Prana stuff. I was buying it before I ever jumped on board with the team. So, um always got their protein so you know like the protein that i put on my oats every day is their um caramel flavored oats so uh within my oats so it makes the pro uh, the oats taste amazing yeah. um i also get the strawberry flavor so i chuck that in smoothies and just so it gives it this huge berry taste i use their um pre-workout as well pure boost before training um and the reason why i like that so much is it's more performance based than stimulant based and everything things all natural you know like there's no like hidden products or where they source their ingredients from and i take their um what's that their interest strengths while i'm training as well so their branch chain amino acid blend but it has more than just branch chain amino acids it's got um vitamin c and electrolytes from coconut water and things like that so it's all coming from super natural um stuff but stuff that helps promote um recovery and health as well as building muscle which i think is like sort of like a great focus of their products it's not just about performance but also trying to help with your overall health markers um and i take these super greens as well every morning um because it's just got so many vital greens in it and it's just an easy easy way to get it in and probably greens that i drink it by itself so and you can't find many super greens that you can't drink without <laughs> tasting yeah. pretty gross so <laughs> um so yeah i use a lot of yeah. their products um and so i'm super grateful to um, be a part of prana on and promote what they create um because i've been pretty much with them since day dot thanks yep. to billy um yeah so 
That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, it's uh, they're definitely great products, man. Well, dude, um, hey, I so appreciate you giving up your time this morning to jump on and, and have a yarn about your journey and, and CrossFit in general. I think people really enjoy the kind of insight you've given to the whole CrossFit community and maybe they'll give it a go if they want to try something a little different and, and, and see what it's all about. Um, and I will have to pop in and, and have a, a wad with you when I, when I, if I ever come through Blenheim, my man. Yeah, man, definitely. If you're ever in Blenheim, hit me up. But no, thank Absolutely. you so much for having me on your podcast. Like, it's always a bit, a bit surreal when people want me on their podcasts. I, I don't know, am I really that interesting? Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, man, I really appreciate um, you having me on your podcast. Absolutely, man. Pleasure. There we go, guys. That is Braden Green on CrossFit, all things veganism, bodybuilding. Really good discussion. I very much enjoyed that one. Hopefully, you did as well and you've got something to take away, maybe a new perspective on fitness and on health, maybe some quick tips on how to introduce some good nutrients into your diet. Um, but maybe also you'd love to have a go at CrossFit, which is a great option for you as well. I'm all for any movement that encourages lifting in some sense, progressive overload, um, and lifting for the not only just the enjoyment, but also the health benefits of loading muscles, loading tissues, uh, loading bones, and of course, the mental health benefits of us getting out there and moving our bodies, how they were designed to be moved. If you want to get in touch with me, links are in the show notes as always. Coaching options there as well. If you want to jump on board with my online coaching services, I'd love to have a chat about your goals, what you need help with, and what we can do to help you move towards your best vegan body. All that being said, let's round this one out. If you like the episode, go ahead and share it on your stories. I'd love to see where you're listening from as well as that reviews are always super helpful for this podcast i know podcasts say it all the time but they wouldn't say it if it wasn't important so itunes is the place to do that one itunes podcast app quick little review there helps the podcasts get into more people's ears but enough rambling let's get on with our weeks i'll see you in a couple of weeks with the next episode it's gonna be a really really good one all about vitamins micronutrients what we need as vegans and how we can approach the best ways of getting those in our diets or in supplementation see you then guys go get some more plants and lift up